If you'll turn with me, please, to the book of Ephesians. Our text is just one verse in Ephesians chapter 1. We'll be looking at verse 4. It's kind of in the middle of things, so I'll read uh, the context uh, from verse 1 down through verse 5. Hear now the word of the Lord. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. It sends the reading of God's sacred word. So last time we dealt with verse 3. We have been just going slowly through Ephesians, as I mentioned a moment ago. And uh, only doing little bits of it because I want to look uh, at these little bits in context as well as for you to draw out the, uh, the glory, really, of what Paul's saying here. Um, so let me uh, catch you up on where we're at. Um, verses 3 through 14 are one big praise of God. Uh, people think that Paul is being a little long-winded. He does break it up. There are divisions, you could call paragraphs, in this presentation. But it is an interconnected thing from verses 3 through 14. And it opens with this benediction of God, this blessing of God. This is a Jewish uh, form of blessing that's found elsewhere in the scripture and in the New Testament in particular. Uh, this Exactly the same way, uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, those words exactly are stated also by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, and in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It's easy to remember because it's chapter 1, verse 3 in Ephesians 2. Uh, so it's this, uh, it's this form of blessing. Uh, I mentioned this morning in the morning sermon that I've been reading uh, Tobit, and there are several of these blessings in there. It kind of caught my eye because it's the same form, blessed be God, in that same way. So here Paul is blessing God, and, and when you have this kind of blessing, it is typical that the person praying this, because it is a form of prayer, of praise to God, it's typical that you give the reason why you're blessing God. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then, and then you, you specify why. Why are you blessing him? What are we blessing him for? And in verse 3, he gives the first of three blessings, or three reasons for the blessing. So the first one is, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the high heavenlies. So that's the reason why Paul blesses God, for his blessing of us. So he blesses God because God has blessed us. Um, then in verse 4, we have a second one, and that's the one we're dealing with now. Uh, even as he chose us in him, I'm going to look at that uh, translation in a moment. 
as he chose us. So praise be the Lord, we bless him because he chose us. And then the third blessing is verse 5, in love he predestined us. So that's the third blessing. Uh, Now, there's a lot more in here, but it's just expansion on that. So those are the three main blessings. Blessing reasons for the blessing given in our text down to verse 14. Uh, so Paul is expanding at large on these uh, issues, and it's in those expansions that things get really fun uh, and really rich uh, and uh, worth our time to explore. Well, here you have the Holy Spirit mentioned in verse 3. Uh, when it says every spiritual blessing... Spiritual for Paul means of the Holy Spirit, a blessing from the Holy Spirit. So if you look at verse 3, you're looking at the, the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's the Father and the Son in every spiritual blessing. Spiritual is the Holy Spirit. So you are the beneficiaries of a Trinitarian working. That's, that's how we put it theologically. God, the Father and the Son and the Spirit, is at work in you. He is blessing you. Uh, it's no one person of the Godhead involved in blessing us with salvation. It's the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We tend to focus on Christ, the Son of God incarnate, in working out our salvation, and that's right and proper. He's the mediator of our free salvation by grace through faith. But it's then worked in us through the Holy Spirit. He's the one who transforms us so that we can believe and receive these blessings. And all of this is ordained by the Father. He's not standing idly by, but he's decreeing it. That's actually part of the focus here uh, in uh, verse 4 and 5, which we're getting to in a moment here. Now, in verse 4, so let's get to that. In verse 4, it opens in the English Standard Version, which I read as, even as he chose us in him. So let me read the, the connection so you hear this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, it, it might actually sound... Uh, like the reason why we're blessing him is because he chose us. And that translation, even as he chose us, is leading us that way, and then that is actually what it means. So this is a word that normally means a close comparison between things. So normally it's, it, it is translated just as. So you're comparing two things, and you're saying, This is just like that. So, for example, in uh, Ephesians 4.32, it says, Forgive one another just as God in Christ forgave you. So you do this, and it's compared to how God did this to you. You forgive others just as he forgave you. There's a, there's a comparison there. So we forgive others as he's forgiven us. 
Uh, and that's, that's normally how you translate this. But there's another translation possibility for this word that is better here. And that translation is insofar as, I like these long, these long conjunctions, you know, they sound really complicated and they sound sophisticated, insofar as, but it just means because, okay? It just means because. So here's how this reads. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because he chose us. That's, that's why we're blessing him. Why are we blessed God? Because he chose us. This is reason for praise. He chose us, uh, and this is reason for us to exalt in God's pra- in praise of God, to thank him. Now, people get nervous about God choosing certain individuals, but it's what the Bible says. I'm not making this up. Here it is in verse 4. He chose us. And the word for choose here is the ordinary word for choosing somebody. Uh, you choose somebody or something. There's, it's not a complicated word. It just means to choose somebody. Let me, let me tell you another place where this happens. Uh, Jesus chose the 12. Okay? And here's what he says. This is John 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, I read that whole passage because it's pretty wild and crazy. I mean, I want you to bear fruit because then you ask for something in my name and he'll give, the Father will give it to you. And you're going, oh, wait. So he, has, he essentially said, I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you so that God will bless you. And you can ask for things in my name. You, you can bear fruit for my glory, but then you receive things from the Father. You just ask. You see, what he's essentially saying is, I chose you so that you're now mine. And the Father loves me such that if you ask for anything in my name, he's going to give it to you because of me and, I cho- and my choice of you. You see, being chosen by God is a rare privilege. It, kids, it's sort of like, you know, that dodgeball game. Do they play dodgeball anymore? Is that allowed? Okay, basketball. Is basketball allowed? Basket, we're going to play basketball, okay? And you have 10 kids, 10 kids, and you, you appoint two captains, and the two captains, uh, they choose who's going to play on their team, right? So I want, I want Eric, I want James, I want these people. I want all the tall people, okay? <laughs> uh, so that's how, that's how choosing works. You, you choose them for your team, and uh, then they're part of your group down there in your team. Well, Jesus has chosen us, and he's chosen us for a reason. It cho- it's because of God's initiative here. God has taken the initiative to select us to be part of his own family. So he's chosen us 
to embrace us, this is where we're going in verse 5, by adopting us into his family as sons. And next week I'll talk about being a son in God's family. It doesn't mean you're no longer a daughter. You shouldn't think that way. You should think and an heir, the one who inherits. You are going to now inherit all that God owns. And it's a big place. It's a really big estate. Okay, but that's next week. For right now, though, look at what he says in verse 4. He chose us in him. He chose us in Christ. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, because he has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So the choice of us is always connected to Christ because we have nothing apart from Christ and we have everything in Christ. So in him. Now here's the places in our passage, going to verse 14, where this idea of having things in Christ is communicated. And I'm going to go through this fast, so if you're taking notes, get, get the references from me afterwards. Just, I want you to just listen to this, okay? Here's, what, here's how we have blessings from God. In Christ, verses 3, 10, and 12. In him, verse 4. Through Christ Jesus, verse 5. In the beloved, verse 6. In whom, verse 7, 11, 13, twice. So that's four. And then through his blood, verse 7. In Christ, in him, through Christ Jesus, in the beloved, in him, through his blood. There's nothing you have apart from Christ. And having him, you have everything. Having him, you have all that he offers. It's not that you get, oh, I only have about 10% of the faith I should, therefore I'm only going to have 10% of the blessings from God. It doesn't work that way. Your blessings from God don't work by the size of your faith. They work by the size of your Savior and the accomplishment of your redemption and what you have in him. You have him, you have everything in him. He's a person. You can't divide him. And that's what Paul is saying. In him, in him, in Christ, in Christ, through him, in the beloved. In the beloved. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He's pleased with you because he's pleased with his son. And you have the son, you have the father. And you now are beloved in the, in the son. With the same love the father has for his son, you have that love as well by faith in Christ Jesus. That's what, that's what Paul is developing here. He's making it really clear that in Christ you have everything. Now, why does he say that? Well, it's because we live in Corvallis. We don't live in Israel. We don't live in ancient Israel or India. You know, we don't live in this place where you could presume that the God of Israel is your God because you live in a certain country in the Middle East. See, that's, that's how these people had been thinking. And Paul now is preaching the gospel in the world all around, and he, wanted makes, he wants us to make clear that it's not our 
our connection by genealogy from our birthright connected to Abraham and Sarah. That's, that's not our basis for receiving blessing from God. So he wants to make clear, if you have Christ, you have all that God uh, offers in, in the Beloved. And then, of course, look at, look at verse 4. He didn't choose you after you finally chose him. He didn't choose you because you finally shaped up. He didn't choose you because of anything in you. It was before the foundation of the world. His choice of you is from before creation. Why did he choose you? Because he loved you from before the foundation of the world. Why did he love me? Because he loved me. I don't know. It's, it's because of nothing lovable in us. I can tell you one thing true, though. It was in the Beloved. He loved his son, and he would have you as gifts to his son. You are trophies of his cross work. You are the delight of the Son, and so the Father delights to give you to Him. He delights in you as His people. He, he takes pleasure in fellowship with you, even you and me. And so the Father gives you to Him, to His Son. That's John 17. That's exactly what John 17 says. And here... You are chosen in the Beloved, in Christ Jesus, from before the foundation of the world. All of this is now to the praise of the glory of His grace, and it's now grace. If you want to define grace, I know a very common definition is unmerited favor. I don't think that's the best definition, and you can quote me. The best definition is grace, favor, despite all the demerit. It's not just unmerited. We merit something from God, and it's not favor. It's His wrath and anger. That's Romans 5. We are His enemies when He displayed His grace to us. So it's favor despite all the demerit we pile up. Outside of Christ, we have no claim on Him. Favor despite demerit. So here's how Paul magnifies God's grace. Three times, verses 6, 7, and 8. Here's the definition of grace. For the praise of the glory of his grace, according to the riches of his grace, which grace he lavished upon us, lavishing rich favor to his praise and glory. Grace is to God's glory and praise. And that's why you came today. You came to give him the only thing you can for his grace. Your thanks. Your praise to his glory. Your gratitude. That's what we offer to God. And that's what he asks from us. He, he lavishes his grace upon us. Now I... I, I could go to the uh, to another place on grace 
There's a wonderful definition of that in the larger catechism. That will be another time. But for now, I want you to, I want you to look at the end of this verse now. Because here you see that his choice of us leads us someplace. It leads us into Christ, but notice that it will have an effect upon us. Let me read verse 4 again. Insofar as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So see, it has an effect upon us. This holiness and blamelessness, Paul talks about elsewhere in chapter 5. This is Ephesians 5, when he's talking about wives and husbands, but don't, don't miss the fact that in the course of that, he says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So we have been sanctified, we have been cleansed, that we might be holy and blameless before him. We are blameless before God. There is no blame charged to us. Let me read another verse where this is stated even more powerfully by Paul. This is in the book of Philippians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. This is chapter three, verses, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, 14 and 15. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or dis disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now you may, like me, say to yourself at times, I'm not very blameless. I'm not very pure. I don't shine much like a light enough in the world. Make it your goal, day by day, to shine more. Realizing that your blamelessness and your holiness is given to you as a gift. You are blameless in Christ. That you may be blameless before God. That's a gift from Christ's work. That is worked in you. That Philippians passage says that, to, or the Ephesians. They might consecrate his church. He, he makes us holy and blameless before him. We are blameless in the beloved who is himself pure and holy without compare. So brothers and sisters, this is a passage of rich grace that gives us strength to carry on in our Christian life that we may walk before him in that calling that we have to be blameless before him, to live holy lives. But we do so in freedom and joy, knowing we're forgiven, knowing we have this rich status as children of God granted to us by our Father in heaven. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every gift of the Spirit and the high heavenlies in him. Amen. Let's pray. O oh Lord, our great Father, help us to walk in this way, to live in light of these great truths. 
Blessed be your holy name, O Lord our God. Your name is